0: Hello, and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Amy King to the show. Amy is the co-founder of Good Coworking in Dallas, Texas, the first co-working space in the world focused on inclusive sustainability powered by solar. As an evangelist for the triple bottom line, Amy champions entrepreneurs who are building profitable businesses that allow people and the planet Thrive. Her flagship space in Dallas is pursuing LEED and WELL building certification, as well as JUST. She plans to use these certifications to educate the entrepreneurial community on how to be successful in a global, purpose-focused economy. Amy, how are you doing today?
1: Thanks, Raj. I'm doing great, thank you. I am starting to get my groove of this uh, work-from-home COVID thing, so I'm feeling pretty uh, high energy for a Monday.
0: Yes, and for those of you listening, we are recording on April 6th, 2020, somewhere hopefully in the middle of this whole pandemic situation. So Amy, I like to open my show by asking my guest the following question. If you were asked to share something interesting about yourself, what would it be?
1: Thanks, Raj. You know, I have had a quirky life uh, with lots of varied experiences, but I would say The thing that stops friends and colleagues down the most is when I tell them that my previous career was producing music videos and commercials. And uh, it was very high energy and super stressful type of work, but I worked with all kinds of celebrity musicians. And uh, when I was in commercials through advertising, I worked with a lot of celebrities who were models and spokespeople. And it made for some fantastic stories, some of which I can't repeat. But it gave me the ability to think on my feet and kind of gave me some street chops, or I say the um, School of Hard Knocks type of MBA experience.
0: So it's just you and I, no one else is listening. I'd love to hear a couple of stories.
1: (laughs) Well, you know... A lot of the work that I did as a production manager and sometimes producer was in the pre 9 11 era. So I've been around the block for a while working. And I lived in LA at the time. Um, I would say my most uh, memorable experience was working on a Missy Elliott music video in New York. And we shot at the um, Brooklyn Shipyard, which is now like way redeveloped and super fancy. Back then it was kind of a post-apocalyptic rubble type scenario. You wouldn't want to be caught there after dark. And we had a really great time uh, putting together a village of motorhomes and all of the artists were standing up on this, I think somewhat like 40 or 50 foot scaffolding set. And part of it was pyrotechnics involved. And I remember where the big moment, it was supposed to be the, the climax of the music video is when all of the kind of fireworks and fire goes, goes in the background behind all of these artists. And someone accidentally pushed a button and set the whole thing off. When, uh, prematurely. So, um, they kind of destroyed the set and we had to start from scratch. And I remember just that feeling of having to pivot in the middle of the night without, you know, we, there was some internet, but this was pre-smartphone and having to, um, procure all the materials we needed and everything else. Um, it, it was hilarious and traumatic all at the same time (laughs) so that's that's probably the one that sticks in my head the most and then there's some others around going to MTV uh, music video awards the VMAs in New York right right up before 9-11 like literally two days before and how everything changed after that in my life and everyone else's life
0: sounds like some pretty interesting stories
1: yeah it you know I'm I've had a really varied career and I've I've had to find a way to create a narrative around it and think, think about, reflect upon my experiences and think what were the threads and themes of my career and how do they all tie together? And I would say that storytelling and making a positive impact in the world are really, really the themes that always stuck out and also building a community in whatever I, whatever I did or whatever I do today. And so back when I was in advertising producing commercials, I was the person who got promoted quicker than some of the other associate producers because I raised my hand and wanted to do the public service announcements, the PSAs, the ones that you see on TV that are done for charities or, or kind of local community endeavors. Everyone else wanted to do the sexy stuff like the, Covergirl or L'Oreal or that kind of stuff uh, with big glamorous celebrities, but I wanted to do the stuff that would make the most difference. And uh, so, so that's really um, kind of how the lens that I have used in my career was just making sure that whatever I did was making a more positive impact for people on the planet, and that's how I measure success. In literally everything I've done. And just throughout time, with the urgency of climate change, that has become more and more of a focus in the work that I do because we are in crisis mode, whether we want to admit it or not.
0: So, speaking of work that we do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: can you share a little bit about your current endeavor?
1: Yes. So, I am currently chief eternal optimist and co founder of good co-working and we 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 go by good work at a local level for the name but our entity is called good co-working and we have been open two years in Dallas, Texas. We are a little different than some other co-working spaces. We're a for-profit organization with a mission and our mission is to model and grow a responsible business culture. That has a net positive impact in the world. And so, everything that we're doing in this community that we've created here in Dallas is to help support and grow the businesses who are members within our co working space and help them be successful and go on and do things that will better the planet and help people. And so Good Work has, like I said, we've been open for two years. We're housed in a really cool building. It's an old industrial 1950s warehouse. And we spent about a, a year and a half on a, as a, a gut rehab for this building. And the building is um, about 60,000 square feet total. Good Work is the social engine for the building. And we handle all the hospitality. And we're kind of the center of things. And the whole vision for the building was really mixed-use building that supports people, uh, creative people, and ideas and businesses. And so it, Goodwork has the whole first floor with co-working. There's Airbnb lofts upstairs. There's an artist studio. There's an architecture firm upstairs. And so we've created this really amazing ecosystem that's all hinged on making a positive impact in the world. And Good Work has goals that we're working on for sustainability. And we do a lot of programming around that and just general leadership and organizational development support for our member companies. And we have currently about 350 members who are active. So it's turned into a really thriving community in in a short amount of time.
0: So it sounds like a beautiful place What are some of the sustainable goals you mentioned?
1: Sure. Well, instead of reinventing the wheel, we decided, or I decided, to take existing rating systems that are in place that have already done that rigorous research. Uh, And this includes the LEED rating system, which, if you're not familiar, is LEED. And that's for the entire building itself. And it stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And we are registered for LEED and all the documentation's in. It basically is like a nutrition label for your building. So it, it ensures that, that the owners and occupants have done everything possible to make this building healthy for its occupants, uh, including the construction process, making sure that we weren't uh, polluting during the construction process, that we weren't using toxic materials such as paint. Um, So using no VOC paint and LEED is incredibly rigorous and um, detailed in terms of the documentation that you have to provide. And so what you end up with is a highly energy efficient building and also a building that is really fantastic for the occupants because you have lots of daylight exposure. You have um, no pollutants in the air because the air filtration is so excellent. the list goes on of, of benefits from LEED. And then, because I'm both a glutton for punishment and really ambitious, we are pursuing well-building certification. That's W-E-L-L. And well, in, in many ways, picks up where LEED leaves off. It is much more about the human occupants and the, even the policies that the, the company housed in the building has for its employees. So it did, they did so much research in creating this, this rating system uh, about everything from um, the lighting and cir- or human circadian rhythms and lighting and how, um, how we sleep and how we use technology at work are affecting our well-being. So they get really in-depth in terms of different policies that you can create for your employees to what kind of snacks you serve in the kitchen, to making sure that the water quality is as high as possible. Um, we we sourced the best ergonomic chairs for everyone. We are one of our goals is sixty percent uh, sit stand desks for our members, and we're taking this rating system and applying it for a co working space, which is really interesting because a lot of Usually it's one company and they apply the rating system just to their office and headquarters. But we're working, we have many member companies housed within our space who are going to learn from us creating this environment for them, but we can't tell them what to do in terms of their employee policies. So we're leading by example, and we meet people where they're at on certain things in terms of you know, even recycling education, all the way up to the more sophisticated stuff that we're learning as we go on the well building rating system.
0: So, you mentioned a couple of things in there. Earlier, you mentioned responsible business and some of these companies that are housed within your co working space. You know, the old adage is birds of a feather flock together. You must be seeing some interesting companies that find your co working space conducive for the kinds of Businesses they're building. Do you have any particular favorites that you see right now? Or maybe not favorites. Not a good word. Do you have any particular companies that are housed in good work that you'd like to highlight?
1: Yes, I, I have a couple. Well, I have a lot of favorites. It's hard. It's really hard to pick. But I'll tell you about um, the best advice I ever got as a co-working owner was pick the five companies you can't and people you can't live without, and um, work on getting them to into your community. And I was really lucky that I was able to make that happen. And one of them is a company called Soap Hope. And that's soap like, you know, soap you use to for cleanliness and hope, H-O-P-E. And they are a social, on, uh, social enterprise and their fulfillment center with their soap products is out of our building. And they took our entire um, front showroom of the first floor building. So we're also the best smelling co-working space in town. <laughs> uh, but they they have non-toxic, organic bath and body products, the kind of stuff you would buy at like Whole Foods or a place like that, at really great rates. And you can order online and uh, 100% of their profits are cycled into microloan grants for women-owned businesses in developing countries and it's a really interesting model um, the their team members are fantastic they're also now paired with a company called my possibilities that works with hipsters who are um, unfortunately underemployed and need specific um, job opportunities for you know they ha- they can either have developmental issues or Physical handicaps, but they have been put to work at Soap Hope, and they're opening a new location in Plano. So I love Soap Hope. Um, Their parent company is called Good Returns Group, and they're really looking at the big picture of what it means to be a social enterprise or nonprofit, and how can we be collaborating with foundations um, in the DFW uh, area and beyond to make more impact through the money that's out there. So I love them. Um, We also, um, we have some nonprofits in the space as well. And um, really we treat nonprofits and and social enterprises the same in that everyone in there is doing good work to further some kind of mission. Um, one One of which is the Child Poverty Action Lab. And another organization called Tomorrow's Children. And we also had the Dallas Innovation Alliance, which is working on smart city technology. Um, they used to be housed out of the Dallas Entrepreneur Center, but recently came over to us. And so that there's a lot of crossover in terms of um, city resiliency and technology and smart cities and really interesting work that they're doing. We also have ended up having a cluster of data scientists working out of the space, which I love. Um, it's not my cup of tea, but I know how important data is. So I'm gonna be leaning on them in the near future when we're getting more in depth on, on our metrics for our, our co-working business and seeing how we can better measure what we're doing so that we can um, tell our story better in the future.
0: So thank you for sharing. And just to show how small of a world it is and city it is, I know Salah from Soap Hope. I've um, known him for about six years now. Oh, my gosh. And I had uh, Trey Bowles on the show about five episodes ago, maybe six.
1: Isn't that fantastic? On the
0: Dallas Innovation Alliance.
1: Oh, I love it. Okay, good. So there's a good episode that we listen to.
0: Absolutely. And the last one, my possibilities – My wife actually sits on the board of an organization called Heart of Autism, and they had some involvement with My Possibilities. I think it was last year or the year before.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, wonderful. Yeah, it it small, small world. Small. it, It becomes a small world, and I the the two degrees of separation is my most favorite concept, and I always love kind of digging in to find out how we're all connected. And just even glancing at some of your previous guests, I can see that there's a big web of connectivity. <laughs> so
0: There is, there is. So Amy, you know, the crux of our conversation is the why behind what you do. You know, you have got, like I said, a, a varied career and you've chosen to take this path in particular, specifically around sustainability, you know, put in all this work to create a building that is LEED certified and now going to be well certified. You know, what drives you? What's your why?
1: So my why is related to how the moment when I realized that business has one of the biggest potentials to make impact in the world and how a lot of business owners just are dropping the ball, at least more of the business owners from like the boomer generation and they they've been having to go back and kind of course correct and that's wonderful that they course corrected and kind of um try to reverse engineer their corporation to be more socially and environmentally responsible but my why is to educate and and motivate people to launch businesses that are that do all of those things from the beginning and i like to talk about the triple bottom line a lot which means I, it stands for people planet and profit meaning that if you place a fairly equal emphasis on supporting people and the planet you can still be incredibly profitable as a business and you may not be able to uh have the level of shareholder expectations that are currently out there for you know with shareholder activism where you're if you're a uh, Public company, and there's just tremendous pressure for ridiculous returns in the short term. Um, You have to be willing to be more of a long term, bigger picture corporation. But the possibilities are out there, and there are so many great stories of people already doing this type of work. And I'm a convener, so I love connecting people and also helping them get their stories out there. And what better place than a co working space? to pull all of these people together and also to have a physical place where you can get all this work done and a place that actually supports your work that is, that fosters productivity and wellness.
0: I appreciate you sharing that, but you know, as an interviewer, it's my job to push it just a little bit harder. So I'm going to ask you this, I understand that you think triple bottom line is important and what companies should be doing, or even could be doing, but you have dedicated your life essentially to this mission, there's got to be something a little bit deeper that's pushing you. And I'm going to ask what it is.
1: Yeah. So I would say it's climate change that's pushing me. And because I've seen that business has the biggest ability to kind of help course correct where we're going in terms of our carbon emissions in the world, um, I felt that I could do that locally through a co-working space. And climate change right now, just on many days, challenges me because a lot of days when I really think about what's going on, I don't want to get out of bed. But I have put it out there that my title is Chief Eternal Optimist. So I'm going to... (laughs) just force myself to get out of bed and find positive ways to get people to act quicker and act in, in on a fairly urgent level in terms of how they can lower their carbon. And I, what really upsets me the most is seeing the effect that climate change is having on the rest of our environment and our wildlife and animals. I am on the, um, advisory board of the EarthX Film Festival, which is a, a global film festival that is located here in Dallas, Texas, as part of the bigger EarthX festival that happens every year on Earth Day. And just seeing how, mi- how much extinction is happening and being a big picture thinker, it's hard for me to not internalize all of that and just get incredibly despondent about this overwhelming issue. But if we can, if I can get to work locally while engaging on a more strategic level with some other organizations and partners, I feel like at least I am helping convene a local conversation that I could that I could scale as I, Work to open more co-working spaces around the world.
0: I really appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sure as these new companies or new ideas come into your location, it gives you an opportunity to engage with them early enough to where along their trajectory, they're already thinking about things like triple bottom line and sustainability.
1: Yes, and I do have it, the idea of having an incubator in the future as, as a possibility. And that would mean... Uh, an incubate business incubator is really where we would create kind of a physical space within good work to house companies who are, or entrepreneurs who are developing a social enterprise and giving them the physical space. So they don't have to worry about that. And then also the support of the community and all of the education and programming that we produce for them to help, uh, I don't want to say accelerate, but because <laughs> we're not an accelerator, but to give them space to grow and to work on these ideas. And we can do that with some fundraising and then have an application process. So that's kind of, that's one of my next ideas that I'm throwing around, but we do have an accelerator in the space called impact ventures and something I haven't mentioned is that one of our pillars for our business is being very inclusive and we're physically located in between South Dallas, which has been kind of economically, um, I don't want to say underperforming, but it's, um, one of our most challenging areas of the city. And, And we're located between South Dallas and downtown. And so for business people who are engaging on in South Dallas in some way, like they've started a social enterprise or a nonprofit, we're a great bridge location where people can connect and meet. And it's very centralized. We have through having just partners and member organizations in the space who focus on various areas of South Dallas we've ended up just looking way more diverse, uh, in our, in our space. And I would say we're at least 50% female and probably 40% African American and Latino. I'm actually going to working on a demographic survey so that I can give exact statistics, but we're way different than some of the other workspaces that I've been to in the past 10 years, whether it's, a co-working space or accelerator where they've been traditionally more male and usually a decent percentage of that white male. So it's, people say all the time how refreshing it is to walk in and just see an actual microcosm of the diversity of our city.
0: I appreciate you sharing that and your, your vision for your incubator is beautiful. And I look forward to seeing it come to fruition. You know, as the chief eternal optimist I'd like for you to share some advice or words of wisdom with the audience.
1: Sure. Well, there are lots of ways I could go with that, but I want to give a positive take on a moment in our society that's happening right now, which is we have had to pivot in our lives and work because of this um, epidemic. And a lot of folks are currently working from home or not working because they were laid off. And I've seen how many positive outcomes have happened because of that, including less pollution. And we are at a at a moment where we've reduced our travel. We've reduced probably how much food we buy uh, out outside of the house. So we're eating indoors more. We are driving less. There are many indicators. That would lead me to believe that our carbon footprint has been reduced globally in the past month and a half. And I've even been looking at this beta site where you can see pollution heat maps and been doing some, some comparative looks and seeing that we indeed have kind of given Mother Nature a little bit of a breather <laughs> for the past month and a half. And I want to just encourage everyone who's listening to this to kind of think about, you know, maybe make a list of the top five things that have changed for you and think about which ones you want to continue with when time, co- when it comes time to go back to work, whether it's just working from home one day a week, if you can, that reduces your, your carbon fo- carbon footprint. Um, whether it's, Planting a garden, or maybe you already planted a garden while you were (laughs) at home and bored. Stuff like that that you can do that will continue to alleviate what's happening with our huge carbon footprint and maybe kind of dial back climate change and slow it down a little bit. And look inside and think about your values and what you can do, you know, realistically. And everyone already made this huge sacrifice for the greater good in deciding to stay home. I mean, globally, we've made this sacrifice, because we said, you know, the global population's health is way more important than my convenience. And if we can continue to think like this, and take this mindset and apply it to the biggest challenge of our lifetime in the world that is climate change. I think that we can accelerate a lot of a lot of good stuff in the world, and that we can come out of this thinking that it was positive. It was it was even though there were were deaths and it was incredibly stressful, that uh, the positive outweighed the negative in the long term. There you have it. That's, my, really that's my positive <laughs> inspiration for the day.
0: I really appreciate you sharing that. It's a beautiful place to leave off. Is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you'd like to talk about or share before we go?
1: Well, you know, we didn't get into the technical part of uh, green buildings. And uh, that could be a whole other episode. But I did want to encourage people to, to think about what their air quality is and um, exposure to daylight is like in their office. Those are two things that you can look at that radically affect your experience on any given day. When I left a certain nonprofit that was in a toxic building, I moved to the U.S. Green Building Council into a LEED certified space. I never picked up an inhaler again. And that's, that's huge. So advocate for your health at your work and look at things like the well building certification or just something as simple as has your office manager had them change the air filters.
0: Thank you so much. And I'll be sure to ask when I go back to the office.
1: Fantastic. Thanks Raj.
0: Thank you, Amy. I look forward to catching up with you again soon.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: Thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard, Please give us a rating and review at Apple Podcast. Bigger Than Us is a Nexus PMG production. And if you want to show your support and help us grow, please share with a friend or reach out to us on social media where you'll find us under our Nexus PMG handle.